0: All right, here we go. Let's try this one more time. And a one, and a two, and here we go. Take it away. Your mom. (laughs) Why?
1: (laughs) Why is that so funny, (laughs) Dee? Hello everyone and welcome back to Thanks for Participating. I'm Sydney. I'm Josh. And we are,
0: (laughs) we're your hosts.
1: (laughs) With us today we have a special guest, Mitch Fry, the one who actually did our music.
0: Hello, good to be here. Mitch, you're actually our first male guest on the show.
1: Male guest? Yeah, you're also our first first guest. guest.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who are listening for your first time, this show is about me and Josh sharing experiences that we had with each other, stuff that I've tried that Josh has never done before, or stuff that Josh has tried that I've never done before, and today we're going to talk about the movie Elf. Right. Yeah?
0: So, Mitch, I kind of want to ask you how you and Sydney met in the first place.
1: (laughs) Through you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just kidding. well <laughs>
0: we actually met
2: before before oh. we so I had seen pictures of Sydney and then she walked into the band room and I was just finishing up with a audition and I was we're, like we were
1: auditioning for the same thing
2: Oh yeah yeah
1: we were both trying to get into jazz band at college uh-huh.
2: and I'm like hey you're Sydney <laughs> And it totally
0: took her off guard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, who the heck is this guy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, anyway, I totally forgot that we actually knew each other previously, too. I met you in high school, right? Me? Yeah. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah, we've known each other since we were 16, 15. Uh Yeah, 16 or 17. Yeah, I think it was because it was sophomore year. We were in the sophomore
2: year. And I sat next to you in choir. And right. you were known to always have your part memorized when everyone else didn't. And so everyone wanted to sit by you. <laughs> yeah, but then we did choir all three years. And and when we would sing next to each other, Sobi would say that our voices were so reedy. Like they had the same bright tone timbre. quality. Yeah, same timbre that, that together we sounded like a sack butt. <laughs> which is a a really reedy medieval instrument it's
0: like a medieval trombone yeah
1: the ancestor to the modern day trombone Mm
0: -hmm. right um and then our what's funny about us doing um elf on this episode is i've never seen the movie but our senior year in high school our school actually did a production of elf the musical and we were both in it
2: (laughs) who
1: did you play josh
0: uh, I played Buddy the Elf, and Mitch, you played an ensemble of characters. I played all of the Santas. <laughs> all of the Santas,
2: <laughs> that's right. I, w- I last minute joined the musical. My friends convinced me to do it. They had already picked all the all the main characters, but I tried out. I got the part of mall Santa, which has his little fight scene and a couple lines, and then... Real Santa quit the musical. Right. And I was really the only guy that could sing. It's <laughs> true. And so, and so me, the skinniest kid in the cast, got asked to play Real Santa along with Fake, fake Mall Santa. Santa. Right. It's
1: kind of brilliant, though, having is... one person play both
0: Santas. <laughs> and so they had two costumes for you. One yep. super elegant Very high quality, real Santa costume. And then one dingy, scrappy, smelly... Bedazzled. (laughs) Thin, thin wiry beard for the fake Santa. Uh Uh-huh. But then also, it was the running joke that you were just all of the Santas in all of the costumes. And so there's the one scene where Buddy first comes to New York, and he runs into a jogger all in red who he mistakes for Santa. And so they asked you to be that as well and so i bump into you. and so that you had to like do the quick change cuz i leave the north pole as buddy go to new york for the first time and i run it, and then it had to have been you in the jogger suit as the yeah. another santa imposter
2: i had to wear my jogger suit underneath my santa suit <laughs> my <laughs> oh. red jogging pants and and red zip up jacket to do the quick change to run across the stage so you could bump into me
0: speaking <laughs> so like I had the same kind of thing because I had to do a quick change um, from the elf costume with the tights and everything into like a business suit. And the quick change was like super fast. And so I had to underneath like the elf, like the green coat, I had to have like a white collar shirt with the collar like folded down and the tie. And so that was really, really hot because then. Like I had to walk off stage and just like hold my arms out. And there was just like a group of like backstage crew that would like pull everything off and then put everything back on in a matter of like 10 seconds or something. And so the whole like first act, I'm just like dripping sweat because I'm like running around. And anyway, but then the second act after the intermission, I had time to take everything off and then put it on without the suit underneath it. So, yeah. (laughs) But like both of us, we like, I don't know, I never had any previous musical theater experience other than elementary school doing the school plays in like first and third grade. But we, we were both choir kids. And Brianna, who was the female lead, also was a choir kid. I think she took a couple classes her senior year. But it was really strange that pretty much all of the roles of the musical were given to choir kids instead of theater kids that year. Mm-hmm. They They needed
2: singers instead of actors. Right. which
0: we weren't necessarily actors. <laughs> I mean, we weren't necessarily <laughs> we were seniors singers. either. <laughs> 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 but I, I remember, like, I kind of was super last minute going into it as well, because the, the auditions were right at the end of junior year. And like the day or like the last day of auditions, I don't remember if it was a couple of days or not, but Maya Wimmer came up to me and she was just like, oh, are you going to, because like I used to sit with those kids right outside the theater room at lunch. And Maya Wimmer was like, are you going to audition And I was like, I don't know. She's like, oh, you should. It'll be super fun. And I was just like, well, I mean, it's going to be in senior year. Like, I'm going to know everyone that's going to be in the musical because I was friends with a lot of the theory kids anyway. So I was like, sure. So she grabbed me an audition packet and she was like, you can sight read. It'll be easy. So I went into auditions after school that day, just kind of like went through the motions, sang a couple lines, read a couple like pages or whatever, and then never even checked like callback. I don't even I don't remember if they did callbacks or not. Maybe I got called back. But then when they posted the, the roles, like I never even checked, I like, wasn't super invested at the beginning. And so I think it was like the announcement of who got what part was out for like two or three weeks before I even knew until like someone, I think I was like late to the f- first rehearsal or something like over the summer. And they were just like, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, And they were just like, oh, you got to, so I like ran in I had no idea that I was like the lead or anything because I never picked up the book. So anyway, it was hilarious. How it all worked out.
2: Wait, hold on. Let me get this straight. You went to the first rehearsal without knowing that you were the lead in the musical.
0: That is correct.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I had to go because I think everyone else. Wow.
0: (laughs) That is serious non-investment. Yeah. But then, (laughs) and then I, I was like, what? That's crazy. And then I found out that Brianna was the other part and it was going to be super fun. And I took the book home and I went and I read through the book. The whole first half, I was like, oh, this is going to be super easy. I feel like I can nail this character because in the musical, there was like a very thin line between Buddy and Josh, my personality and like Buddy's like eccentric, like childish charm, I guess. I can see it. But then like the last half, there was this flip where Buddy kind of went from the protagonist of his story to the antagonist of his dad's story. Where uh, in the musical, instead of like ruining his dad's chance of like presenting like the good story to his boss by like insulting the the writer that comes in, who he calls an elf in the musical, what he does is he takes the only manuscript of the w- the book that his dad spent all night writing and he puts it through the sh- shredder to make snow and he throws it up. And I remember reading that and just being horrified. Like that is, oh, because, you know, you if you're the... You want people to like you when they come to see the show. And I didn't want them to see me, like, just doing something so ignorant of, like, the negative consequences. And so it's just so awkward and cringy. And I was just mortified. And I was going to quit the show right there. Like, nope, I don't want to do that. Wow. But I kept going to rehearsals. I loved everybody that was in it. It was super fun. And, ever like, it was a joke, like, the whole time when everyone was – it was a joke with all of the people in the show that I was Buddy the Elf and I had never seen The Will Ferrell movie elf. Mm -hmm.
1: That still shocks me.
0: Oh, that's our doorbell. That's
1: our doorbell. I'll go get it.
0: (sighs) And she's coming back.
1: That's our landlord.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, Sydney. Thanks for being here. It's always
2: good to have you. (laughs) Future kids of Josh and Sydney. That's their doorbell sound. Yep. (laughs) our our landlord getting on
1: us because my car died and it's parked out front (laughs) and it's not supposed to be so
0: right because we live in the basement of a little flower shop and so we're not we're supposed to park to the side and behind but the flower shop has been closed due to lockdown and it might be out of business but it's actually
1: not closed it's a remote thing so he's just telling me this they like have a video camera in the flower shop and so when people order things he just like unlocks the door and people can go in and grab what they want and he just like watches them on like video.
0: Well, that's, there's like a sign out front that says that, but I've never seen anyone go in to stalk anything. Neither have I. So anyway, what I was saying is it was funny. It was the running joke in the cast of the musical that I was I was Buddy the Elf, but I had never seen Elf the movie. Mm-hmm. The 2003 movie directed by Jon Favreau starring Will Ferrell. That elf.
1: Yeah, that's so wild to me because that is such a Christmas classic. Like that is been my favorite Christmas movie for since birth, basically. Well, you know, what's
0: funny is after we closed the musical, after closing night, we took down all the sets and everything and everyone was going to go do a cast party to watch the movie. And everyone wanted to watch the movie because I had never seen it. And I don't remember whose house it was at, but we went over and they had like food and snacks and games or something. And then they started the movie and then maybe five minutes into it, the story hadn't even really started. We probably hadn't even gotten through previews. And then my mom texted me and she's just like, oh, can you come home for something? And so then I had to like run home and I never even got to see the movie that time either.
1: Yeah, I tried to get you to watch it last year with me when we were still dating, and you were just like, no, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> and I was like, why not? It's such a good movie. <laughs> I think it was just
0: my shtick that I had gone that long without seeing it. Might as well like see how long I could keep it going. <laughs> well,
2: your excuse in high school, when you got the part of
0: Buddy the Elf, we were
2: like, okay, you need to go watch it before you perform. So you can see Will Ferrell play Buddy the Elf. And you were like, no, like, I want to play my Buddy the Elf. I don't want to play Will Ferrell's Buddy the Elf. And so you refused to watch it before the musical. Right. Didn't end up watching it after the musical. And to this day, still have not seen... Well, to... Elf.
0: To, as of four hours ago, had not seen it. And so... So you've seen it. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: We got him to watch it.
0: So that's the whole point of (laughs) the show is round of applause oh. yeah so the reason why sydney and i wanted to start this podcast in the first place is because we recently are married at, right now is like four and a half months of wait, marriage wait, oh spoiler alert i married you oh <laughs> and so we wanted to wanted a way to document ourselves kind of exploring each other's interests because we're similar in a lot of ways but we're also different in a lot of ways and like we want to like find a way to document how those interests overlap and where we can like explore it and like get to know each other better and so elf is one of the things that she's grown up with how many times would you say that you've seen it sid
1: <laughs> too many to count at least 10 10 to 15 at least usually watch it a couple of times every year and i'm like in my 20s
0: so that would be at least 30 to 40 times
1: yeah, but there's been like a couple of years, like last year I didn't end up watching it because I wanted to watch it with you. And
0: then you're oh, plus like, no. you were born in 98 and the movie came out in 2003. Yeah. So there was like a couple of years, five years. Is that, what, is that math?
1: Yes, that's math. All right. Yes. You're an engineer. You
0: should do that. I'm an engineering student, not an engineer she's, yet. She's Hopefully by the time that. I graduate, I can do math.
2: <laughs> Same with our family. We watch it about every year. Right. So,
1: it's a good one. Well, you
2: it's know, it's the best one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it our might... go-to.
2: It's our go-to Christmas Eve night movie. Yeah.
1: I'd say that one or Poblar Mall Cop is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm, it's like, I'm
2: like trying to think.
1: It's Black Friday. Cop. When he's like in the mall and they're like doing everything, like it's all decorated for Christmas and everything cuz it's like Black Friday
2: Uh uh-huh i guess i need to see mall cop again probably (laughs) that was another movie that i had never seen until you made me watch it it's a good one well so josh
0: as of four hours ago you've seen elf right what are your what are your thoughts okay my first thoughts going into this knowing who john favreau was and my first impressions was there's very little iron man in this movie and there's very little lightsabers do you do you know who john favreau is He's the director but do you know anything else that he's directed? I'm, I'm not familiar with John Favreau. No. You I, are,
1: you just don't know it. Yeah, you <laughs> probably.
0: So like I went into this knowing the things that John Favreau has done. He created the Mandalorian uh show. He directed Iron Man. He did like the 2019 uh Lion King remake. Like wow. yeah, so he's he's done a lot of movies. He and in, in pretty much all of the movies that he does, he like inserts himself as an actor. Mm.
1: Yes. It's it's definitely more of a comedy and not as action-y as like his other stuff that he's done but you know fun fact there will never be an Elf 2 because of John Favreau.
0: Right. right. Will
1: Ferrell and John Favreau hate each other and John Favreau's already locked in to do Elf 2 but you can't have Elf without Will Ferrell and he's not going to come back if John Favreau's directing it. So It's too bad. Yeah.
2: I heard that Will Ferrell My Farrell dad's will...
1: really pissed about that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that he turned down like a Thirty million dollar contract to oh, do wow. Elf Two
0: because he and
2: John Favreau didn't get along.
0: Yeah, man. Well, anyway, the the screenplay. I lo- I did a little bit of research and I took some notes. The screenplay was written by David Barenbaum, and I never heard that name before, so I looked it up, and he has only written five movies, and I've seen four of them, and they were all around the same time period. So he did the Spiderwick Chronicles in two thousand eight, the Haunted Mansion in two thousand three, Zoom in two thousand six. And then another movie that I hadn't seen called Strange Magic, and so I'd seen four of those, and those are four movies that I had seen probably multiple times each, but when I was younger, but they never really stuck with me. Like Zoom, especially that's like the one with Tim Allen as the like superhero, and they had put together a team, but like he's like a reluctant hero or something.
2: Yeah,
1: I haven't seen any of those. And then
0: uh, Eddie Murphy, Haunted Mansion, that like was the lower budget ride to movie adaptation. I think of the same year that like Pirates of the Caribbean came out.
1: Yeah, I've never seen any of those. Elf's the only one I've seen.
0: Yeah, anyway, I was just really shocked to pull up his filmography and see that there was only five movies on it. Because the script is great. Like the storyline is, is awesome. Right. The lines are funny. Yeah. And he, I looked up and he said that, or he said that he was also an actor in the show that he was he like he he had a cameo as one of the office workers or something it would be really funny if he was one of the writers i don't know if he was but one of the writers with uh Walter What's Hobbs his, name? his name's David uh Barenbaum.
1: well he's definitely not like the taller guy cuz that guy's an actor that i forgot his name but he's in arrested development
0: yeah john Favreau, the director he actually was the guy who played the doctor that was doing the paternity test
2: Oh, He's that actor.
0: Oh. The chubbier guy. Right.
2: Does is he also the one that plays um the security guy on Iron Man and Avengers? Yeah, Happy Hogan. Yeah. Or whatever Happy. his name is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's him.
0: Okay. Speaking of the Mandalorian, tomorrow is the day before the season two finale is coming out.
1: Cool. Woo! Or in other words, in two
0: days. <laughs> What are your thoughts?
1: Have you even been watching The Mandalorian?
0: I have watched season one. Oh, okay.
2: I have watched the first two or three episodes of season two.
0: You need to catch so I'm up. I'm not
2: caught up. I'm <laughs> a few weeks behind, but I I will watch them. I am a Mandalorian fan.
0: Okay. We won't spoil anything for you, but so far I've loved season two probably three times more than I loved season one. Well, wow. <laughs> It's really good. It's very specific. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the first things that you, uh, mentioned when we were watching it was right at the beginning, there was the Papa Elf.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: Who is, so you know that actor.
1: Yeah. So it's Bob Newhart, who's like one of the legendary actors of all time, like the legendary comedians. So he was on a show called the Bob Newhart show that aired in like the seventies or something. And that was one of the first sitcoms. And he was so funny on that. And Santa, like real Santa, not mall Santa, is played by Ed Asner, who was also on a sitcom in the 70s. It was like one of the first ones. It was called The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and he played Mary Tyler Moore's boss. And I loved that show. I used to watch that all the time with my aunt and my grandma. It's a good comedy. Both of those two are like kind of comedic legends from the 70s, but especially Bob Newhart. He's huge.
0: <laughs> Will Farrell. He's done a few comedy things too.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, he's been in a couple of things.
1: Oh yeah, Will Ferrell is a legend in his own right. But like, you know, Bob Newhart's from the seventies.
0: Who would you say is your better, more preferred Buddy the Elf actor?
1: Really gonna put me in this position right now?
0: You might as well. Live on <laughs> air. Actually, well, not live. I've never are, seen. Are her you? options you
2: and Will Ferrell?
1: Well. I've never seen you in the play, and to be honest, I've never really paid attention to the play, so I can't really, like, Will Ferrell's really the only person I've seen.
0: Hey, speaking of the play, do you have any pictures from, like, us in the musical or anything?
1: Preferably one of Josh in tights sitting on your lap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to check. Yeah, I don't I don't have any currently. I'd have to ask my mom to like dig through, but she's, she's kind of...
1: She's got a few.
0: She has some, but it's really hard for her to find photos like on her picture because... Or find pictures on her computer because they're all scrambled up. And so if I asked her to find those photos, it would be more like me going to her computer and trying to dig through it to find them. Yeah, I'd also have to dig through my computer
2: like at high school yeah. pictures. It was in December, right? yeah of 2016 we graduated yeah. oh my 17 gosh. are so we that
1: old
2: <laughs> december 2016 i could i could do
0: some digging all right Cause... yeah if you find any please send them to us because i'm sure our listeners would love to see what it looked like uh-huh okay was that the final scene when you sit on my lap no i think it was right at the beginning oh in santa's workshop where I came out and all of the elementary students were playing the elves. And I found out that I was a human or something. And so I went and sat on your lap. And then you, cause in the musical Santa kind of took over the role of Santa and Papa Elf. Cause right. you were the one who told me that I was human and told me the story of uh-huh. uh, Walter Hobbs and whatever the mom's name was, Suzanne Wells or something. And you gave me the snow globe. And, uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And so there was like one of the, there's one picture I'm thinking of in particular where, kind of, I think it was the night before we opened, they had the photography or yearbook club come in and, like, we ran through the show or at least some scenes and they took, like, really up close photos of us doing it. Mm. And so that one, it might have been one of, you know what, we, I might be able to find a ton of photos in the yearbook because I know that they put a lot of elf photos in the yearbook that year. Mm-hmm.
1: We'll have to That's go up true. to your parents' house and dig. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if we do find
2: photos just be prepared for the skinniest santa you've ever seen <laughs> cuz they were thinking of giving me a, a fat suit right but they didn't want it to look like they wanted it to look real they didn't want it to look comical or fake and so they just put me in a in a santa costume and i was skinny but i was i was santa yeah and um you mentioned the elementary school kids playing elves during intermission um I gathered them all together in one of the back rooms and had them all one by one sit on my lap in my Santa Aww. costume and gave them little baggies of treats and they told me what they wanted for Christmas and it was it was a special moment
0: that was uh, yeah it's really cute i remember that Lots of people would bring their families and younger siblings and everything to see the show. And there, I don't know if, I don't remember if we did every performance, but at least one, we like stayed in costume and went out uh, behind the auditorium and people were lined up to get pictures with us. Mm. Just like uh, Buddy and Santa. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool.
1: (laughs) When I was little, my grandma would take me to plays at the high school and like she would have me go around to all the actors and ask them to sign the program. And so I would have been like that little kid, like asking you to sign the program. I don't know if you got any of those, but maybe that was just something that grandma had me do.
0: Do you know how much that program would be worth now if I had signed it?
1: Probably like 25 cents.
0: Is that how much one sheet of paper is? Yeah. Well, with my signature on there, you can probably subtract five or six cents. Okay.
1: <sighs> um,
0: One thing that I was kind of thinking out, like through the whole movie, um was when they were talking about the energy crisis uh for Santa's sleigh, uh how it runs on Christmas cheer. And so there's the clazometer, and so when it's at zero, they had to like put the, like the jet turbo engine or whatever to help him fly since Christmas they were having the energy crisis and Christmas spirit was so low throughout the world. And I was thinking how in the like in universe, how would they collect the Christmas cheer in order to like? <laughs> I was in, in writing Monsters Inc. where they collect the screams and they have like those orange like canisters. But I was thinking like, okay, they've got to like have some way to hook those up to everybody or cities or whatever. And then I was just imagining that they have like a like a special unit of like elves going around, like just running around, like anytime people are like singing loud for all to hear, they've got these people like with microphones or like can- canisters or whatever, like some oh way to gosh. like harness all the energy. You and your engineer mind.
1: Yep. So, Josh, what were some of the differences that you noticed from like the play to the movie?
0: Um, I did take some notes. And like, there were a couple of scenes which were pretty much word for word taken straight from the screenplay and put into the the musical script. Uh, the whole scene, like right at the beginning, where the the elf dressed in red comes up and he's like, "Buddy, how many etch sketches have you made?" And he's like, 85. And all the like. The elves look at him, they're like, 85! And he's like, oh, that puts you, like, 900 and something behind, like, the quota or whatever. Uh, Like, that whole scene where he's just like, oh, you can just say it. I'm just a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. That was, like, pretty much word for word. Um, And, like, uh, I think when he goes up and he tries to ask Jovi on the date. And he's just like, like, I feel all warm. And my tongue swells up. And she's like, your tongue swells up? And he's like, yeah. And then he like tries to ask her on the date. And he's like, so do you want to go get food? And she's like, get food? He's like, you know, wink the code. <laughs> like those are some some of those scenes that like the writing is just like so good that they they just they didn't even adapt anything. They just stuck it right in there. But there was actually a lot of just like whole plot differences. Um, like one of the things uh, I don't know why they changed this, but in the musical, instead of like him finding the the little deli with the world's best cup of coffee sign, he f- he finds this like street vendor that says like one of those uh, halal, or it was like a Greek food street vendor uh, with a sign that says world's best souvlaki. And so then when he takes Jovi on the date, he takes, they they go to an ice skating rink Um, and we had these like greasy bags. And, and so instead of him giving her the world's best cup of coffee, he gave her the world's best souvlaki. But that was actually, that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole musical. Was the ice skating because we just put on rollerblades up on the stage. And then there was this whole musical number where he's trying to get Jovi to sing. Anyway. Okay. One thing that I was actually really shocked about was the one song that I guess they sang like two songs in the movie. At the end, they sang Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But the other song is when Jovi's in the shower and (laughs) she's singing Baby, It's Cold Outside. And Buddy goes in to kind of like start secretly singing a duet with her.
1: Yes. that is.
0: It's odd that that's like the one song that they sing together in the movie, but that was nowhere in the musical at all. (laughs) There's nothing like that.
1: It is kind of a pervy song, though, if you listen to it.
0: It's a pervy song, and it was kind of in a
1: pervy moment. Yep. Oh, well. (laughs) But, you know, I think that's one of the things they're trying to showcase is just how innocent Buddy is. Like, he's basically a child still because, like, that's the way he was raised, you know.
0: Yeah. Which is weird. Like, one thing that I was thinking about is he's obviously he was. uh, He was raised by elves as a human, and he, like, never figured it out. But, like, I don't know how that, like, made him so childish still into his, like, because all of the other, like, elves, they act adults, like, they're adult elves, and they act adult-like. They don't act childish. And he's, like, 30-something.
1: Well, because, like, elves in the movie, like, he talks about how one of the elves is, like, 490 years old. And, um, so I mean, obviously, elves age a lot slower. Okay. And so, if Will Ferrell is in an environment where he's aging, slow, so the other
0: thirty-year-old elves are children still.
1: Probably. I mean, you look at Will Ferrell in like that one scene where he's sitting in the desks with all the kids, and he's like this like six-foot-three giant.
0: Okay, I was thinking about that because obviously, the premise of the show is that he was raised by elves. Never figured out that he was an elf because he was a human the whole time. And so then as an adult, he still acts like a child. But he's not just an adult. He's an adult adult. Like, he's in his 30s, canonically in the story. Like, it was 30-something years ago that Santa took him to the North Pole. So if he was, like, you know, our age, it would be a different story. But he's, like, over 10 years older than we are now.
1: Yeah, it's about the environment, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, part of the reason why we act the way we do is because when we turn 18 our parents are like get out of our house But, <laughs> and so all of that is like preparing us to live on our own once we turn 18 but like with buddy they probably don't leave until at least like 50 or 60 and so he's still technically a kid and like in those like kid and teenage environments
0: yeah they keep mentioning he thinks he's an elf like, there's something wrong with him. He has a chemical imbalance or something. He thinks he's an elf. But in his eyes, he thinks he's a child, too. He, yeah. Like, he doesn't... He had to come to terms with he's a human. But I don't think anyone ever pointed out that he's an adult human. Like, in the whole movie, he never came to terms with, you're supposed to be a grown-up.
1: Well, I think part of it, too, is the elves are just, like, very jolly. And, like, it's just a different culture and the North Pole than it is here.
0: Yeah, you think that his dad would say, you need to grow up or something. Like, not just you need to act like a human, but you need to grow up because you're acting like a child.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's just the way elves are, is childlike.
0: Well, it's a good point, because if you
2: think about the way his fellow elves act, if you could imagine them going to New York, they'd probably act mature. Right.
1: That's true. They'd probably
2: act like adults. They'd know what's going on. They'd somewhat fit in. Instead of acting childish because the elf actors, his fellow elves seem yeah mature in that way, I That's mean who true. knows how who knows how old they are, maybe they're right a thousand years old, and but he's only thirty, and so yeah, compared to them, he's a child,
0: yeah, exactly. you know what I was just thinking well i was I was seeing the like the scene where he first goes to New York and he's just like really tall, wearing the bright green suit elf suit with the tights, and he's walking down. <laughs> the streets in New York and everyone else like is wearing like their bland like browns and blacks and grays and they are commuting to and from work and so there's like all these people on the street and you can see him and he's doing all these weird things he's running through the uh, roundabout doors in front of the buildings he's eating the gum off the street he's like jumping across the crosswalks and I was thinking about that because Sydney and I used to live in New York. and I
1: wouldn't even have batted an eye at that. <laughs> yeah, I was saying,
0: I was like, I am willing to bet that that's not even the weirdest thing that those people have seen just on their commute to work.
1: Oh, yeah, because I, I lived in Manhattan, too, and there's a lot that happens, especially in the subways. Like, you know, you get on, and there's like a musical performance every ride you take, and there's always yep. something weird going on there, and so.
0: Yeah, I saw this, uh, oop, I almost spilled my drink. Uh, I saw this video on Instagram. Uh, a couple of days ago, and this guy was in New York City, and he's just like, here's a quick hack to find out who's tourists and who's not. And then he just, like, starts screaming as loud as he can. And then he, like, points the camera around. He's like, everyone who turned back and looked at me, they're tourists. <laughs> like, everyone who, like, didn't look, they, like, they're natives of New York. And I was like, that's so true. <laughs> I remember
1: there was this one time we were on the subway. And this lady gets on, and she is so ticked off about something, like, we don't even know what it is, but she just starts swearing up a storm, and, like, using the F-bomb, like, every other word, and, like, no one even, like, looked at her. We were all just, like, chilling, and then, like, the guy next to her, she, like, tried to start a fight with him, and, like, no one, like, even batted an eye at the next station. He just, like, stood up and walked off, (laughs) and that was the end of it. (laughs) But there's like weird things that go on every day there, so no one would have even been worried about a guy running around in an elf costume. I've yeah. seen a lot weirder.
2: Well, how do the New Yorkers in the movie act when he does those uh, kind of things? I'm pretty sure the Did same you way pay attention to that.
0: I kinda looked and most people just like went on their way. Uh, like there's the guy who is like trying to wave the the taxi to call a taxi and he like it goes and he stands like, right in front of him starts waving, and the guy doesn't even, like, react. He's, like, trying to wave to him. And There's he's,
1: like... the one part where he's in, like, the, the doors that spin, like, the rotating doors. And they're, like, mildly annoyed because he's, like, inconvenienced him. But that's, like, really the only time I saw anyone, like, react to him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh-huh. What's one thing that, like, kind of the stereotype of New Yorkers is, is that they're, like, grumpy and they complain a lot. But it's not entirely true. They just, they mind their own business. And if anything gets in their business, then they're like, they're very confrontational about it. But as long as you mind your business, they can mind their business. And they're very like, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, not pleasurable to be around. But they're
1: very. It's pleasurable if you're an introvert and you don't want to talk to them.
0: No, I'm just saying like, they are like charming in their own way. And they are like polite. But it's just like it's a different like type of politeness than we're used to.
1: And if something is happening too, like there are a lot of like really kind people in New York too. Like you know, like I saw a lot of people offer to like help carry strollers or stuff down um, the s- subway steps. Like New Yorkers really are very nice. I never like really got the whole like grumpy. Leave oh yeah, me alone if you vibe.
0: if like there were a lot of times because um, I would. Uh, I lived in an, in a community. I, I lived in a couple of different places in New York, but two of the places I lived in were communities that were predominantly Chinese. And there were there were probably multiple occasions where I would meet someone in the subway that didn't speak a word of English that was asking for directions, and they were going to a place other, different than where I was, different direction. And so I'd like try to explain to them and they would kind of get in the right direction but i knew that like they wouldn't know what stop to get off at they wouldn't know after that where to go and so you could just when you were getting off say this person needs to get to this place help them and like the new Yorkers would take care of them they would make sure that they got to their next stop and they would make sure to ha- let someone else know where they were going they would help them get to the r- right place so when there's crazy stuff going on they cannot be bothered but if like someone needs help they are very quick to action you mess with me. you mess with
1: new york you mess with one of us you mess with all that's very I mean,
2: true. Russians are the same way, mind their own business, uh, they'll help if needed, they're nice, they're kind, but they, they mind their own business. Yeah.
1: My only experience with Russians was in New York, actually, I met a Russian guy on the bus, and like, I, we exchanged like Facebooks, because I thought he was interested in the gospel, and I was a missionary, uh-huh. turns out he was just interested in me. And right. so it got real creepy <laughs> real fast. <laughs> He's one of the only guys I've ever blocked on Facebook.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're very uh, forward and and honest. Yeah, gotta yep. love Russians.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Mitch, the first time that I went to New York was actually with you uh, our junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. We went there on our madrigals tour, and it was the only tour that I went on with the choir. Uh-huh. And then yeah. we Fire went. Trip. Junior and, year. And we, like, we're supposed to have, like, all of these workshops and performances at, like, Carnegie Hall or something. And, like, workshops with, like. Okay, not uh, Carnegie Hall. <laughs> like, no, we were supposed to. Like, there's, like, in the plans or whatever. But really? then just, like, throughout the year. Yeah. Throughout the year, like, the workshop got canceled. The Carnegie Hall thing fell through or whatever. So, the only thing that we had was, like, our 45-minute set of music at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Mm-hmm. And it was, and then the rest of the tour, we were just in New York with nothing else to do. So we just Just did like, yeah, we just hung out, went to see everything that we could.
2: Empire State Building, Ellis Island, Top of the Rock. Uh,
0: Carlos Bake Shop. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like all of the girls in the class wanted to go to this bake shop because it was from like a TV show or something. Cake Boss. Oh, is that what it is? Yep. Anyway, so we went to see it, and we had to walk like a pretty long distance, and the whole way we like had come up with some joke, Um, or did we come up with a song, a rap? Yeah, like
1: it's funny because the original's in New Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) it's not even like a New York thing.
0: I think like it started with like Carlos Bake Shop, and we're just and we're just joking around like, oh, it's because it like belongs to Carlos or something, and we're just like, or is it like apostrophe s? Is like Carlo is Bake Shop. Oh yeah. Or something. <laughs> and then we started singing a song about like uh Do you remember it was like on that same walk where we were singing the I'm only one call away where we're like I'm only Juan Carl Jose <laughs> I'll be there to save the tacos <laughs>
2: Uh inside jokes. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and your whole family was with us on that trip. Yeah, they like decided to tag along last minute, my parents and two younger siblings.
0: Yeah. How's your family doing, by the way?
2: Great. Awesome. Um, Super top secret. Not supposed to tell anyone, but I'll tell you.
0: Okay.
1: Do you want us to edit this out later? (laughs) Because we can.
2: (laughs) It's not a secret after Friday. Okay, this won't come out until next week. Yep. Okay. Uh, Do you know who Russell Dickerson is? No. Okay, then this won't mean very much to you. Hold on, let me look up Russell Dickerson. We'll Google him right now. (laughs) He's my little sister's favorite country singer.
1: Okay, that's why I've never heard of him. (laughs) Oh,
0: you mean singer-songwriter Russell Dickerson, the American country pop singer-songwriter from Union City, Tennessee, who released one album, Yours, through Triple Tigers, uh, that was accounted for three charted singles on Hot Country Songs and Country Airplay. That one?
2: Yeah, that's the one. Oh, the, how'd wait, you know?
0: Uh, let me just double the one that's born May seventh, nineteen eighty-seven, age thirty-three years. That's him. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I before when you asked if I knew who Russell Dickerson was, I was thinking uh, of a different Russell Dickerson, that uh, I don't know. I forgot about the Russell Dickerson that I do know. So I was confused with between the ones that I know and don't know. So
2: right, right. <laughs> the, those are, I get confused too. Um, it's my little sister's favorite uh country singer. And uh, he surprised her with a Zoom call this morning.
0: No way! Whoa. Called
2: called from Nashville, and uh, they chatted. And there's like a camera crew at our house. Um, and he had sent us. He had heard the story of my little sister and sent us um, a box of his merch: t shirt, hats, things like that. And we sent him some Sarah Strong merch. Aww. Hoodie, hats. And so he wanted to do something even more and bought Sarah a twenty twenty one Chevy Traverse.
0: No way No
1: way <laughs> Oh my gosh. And
2: it was waiting in our driveway. That's so special. This morning. <laughs> and so he's like, Yeah, I have a surprise for you. Go go check in your driveway.
0: She's like, No way. I'm dreaming.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome.
0: I still need to buy some Sarah Strong merch. Mm -hmm. Do you still have some available? Yeah, we should. Uh, Well, send me the info because I want some.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Sarah is, she's really cool. Uh, She's gone through some hard things, but she's had a really positive outlook on stuff. You should check her out on Instagram. It's Sarah Strong, right? Is the handle?
0: Yeah, strong.like.sarah. There we go. Okay, we'll link to it. Hey, guys. This is Josh from the editing studio. Uh, I want to take a second and clarify what the three of us are talking about right here. Mitch's younger sister, Sarah, and a few of her friends were involved in a head-on collision with a drunk driver back in July. Sarah sustained numerous severe injuries and over the next several months had to undergo over 20 surgeries, including the amputation of both of her legs. Through all of this, she has been a light in our community and an inspiration for me and Sydney. The Fry family is full of individuals that are very important to me. And I am amazed at the strength and positivity they have displayed as they fought to overcome extreme challenges this year. When you have a minute, please check out the info in the description and find out how to follow and support Sarah in her continuing recovery. All right, let's get back into the episode. That actually leads us back into this one movie that I watched this morning. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's Elf uh, 2003 made by Jon Favreau starring Will Ferrell. Oh. Oh, that movie. Wait, the one with Zoe Deschanel?
1: Yeah, I got it confused with the other Elf movie, but I'm the, glad the you... one
0: that you don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Let's see. <laughs> so, Josh, what was your favorite scene?
0: Uh, my favorite scene. That's a really hard question. Probably when, um, so buddy, he gets kicked out. Like the security kicks him out of the uh, Empire State <laughs> Building where his dad works. And they say, like, go back to Gimbal's or whatever, because they think he's, like, dressed up Christmas or whatever, and it's this Christmas shop. And so he goes in, and the manager there thinks that he's an employee and gets mad at him for, like, not doing his job.
1: What is that?
0: I keep getting these Facebook notifications, and I don't know how to turn the...
1: Is it from Grandma?
0: No, it's from the Chinese old zone chat. Oh, and
1: just, like, mute the other chat. The Bing Herm
0: just came home. But I don't know how to... Because it's coming from my computer, and I I'm afraid if I mute it, then it will mute, like... Our audio. Okay,
1: give me your phone and I'll fix it while you talk.
0: No, it has to be on the computer.
1: Give me your phone and I will fix it while you talk.
0: Oh, okay. Look at you being all text heavy Oh, yep, there it goes. Um, well, anyway, so he goes to Gimbal's and he ends up spending the night there. And Because the, they said the Santa's coming to town the next day. So he spends all night decorating everything and going all out and building this huge like Lego diorama of New York City. And hanging up all of these things and... Painting the Mona Lisa on the Etch-a-Sketch. And so then the next morning, when everyone comes in, he's telling Jovi, like, oh, I was up all night doing this. And she was like, oh, you did this? And then the manager comes over and he's like, have you seen this? It's good. It's a little too good. I think Corbett might have sent someone, they're out for my job. Better keep an eye. And he hands him like the walkie-talkie. And he's like, if you see any suspicious, let me know. Code word, Santa's got a new bag. (laughs) I think that he was, he's probably one of my favorite characters.
1: Yeah, I don't think they feature him enough.
0: Yeah, there weren't enough scenes with uh,
2: Gimbal's manager. The one that has to replace Mall Santa.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when, he, when Buddy's singing, he's like, I'm singing, I'm in a store and I'm singing, I'm in a store and I'm singing. And he's like, hey, there's no singing in the North Pole. He's like, yes, there is. No, there's not.
1: <laughs> there is. We do it all the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: See, See, he was. I only gold. had
2: these lines memorized after like my fifth or sixth time watching it. You like got it down. I mean, I guess you did memorize the script. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the
0: things. Senior year. That was. That was like there were those things. uh I think when he does the "I'm singing in a store," that was actually part of a song, and so like the music was um, similar. Like I'm singing. I'm in a store, and I'm singing. It was That's like kind of like I'm singing in the rain. But, like, when he is gives the Christmas gram to his dad, like, the first time he meets, and his dad's like, Well, you're going to sing me a song or something? And he's like, A song? Sure, anything for you, dad. It was just like the words in the, there was like no music attached to it in the script. So it was mm-hmm. just like, Buddy, like, pretend, like makes up a song or whatever. And so it was interesting. I don't remember what I did, but it was nothing like what Will Ferrell did. when he, But it was like the same words but it was just, like, his own, like, little song that he made up was, like, totally different than, like, what I had made up. Well,
2: that's one of the reasons why we wanted you to watch the movie before the play. Well, so you could do the melody of that of those songs right. that he improvs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you did your own thing, and, and it was fine. Yeah.
1: All right, Mitch, what's your favorite scene?
2: Hmm. Um, I'd have to think probably, um, Probably the spaghetti scene.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> so gross.
0: What does he put on the spaghetti?
1: Syrup. Oh, Syrup. <laughs> candy like Gum drops. Yeah.
0: Pop tarts. Yep. Pop tarts.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Maybe you'd like pasta and if then, I made it that way, Josh. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, maybe.
2: Might as well try. And then, and then the next day, he's like, "The the mom is like, yeah, buddy, made us lunch." And then, he, and then he turns around and goes, and dinner. And he's holding two bags of spaghetti. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Walter. Walter's like, I think I'll stick with coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, that scene makes me throw up a little bit. But so does the one where he's like in New York, like picking the gum off of the subway sign. Those two also, get to me.
2: <laughs> also, uh, the dinner scene when he burps. Oh yeah! <laughs> For like a minute, it just kept going. It was I like
0: it like went on, and then it kept going, and then I started to giggle, and then it kept going, and I just started laughing, and like I was I was probably sobbing in tears before he like actually finished burping.
1: I can confirm that that is true.
2: <laughs>
0: he was
1: crying.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: and then and then the best right after
2: it. Did you hear that? <laughs> As if they
0: could have missed it. <laughs> the whole time, the little brother's just like staring at him like, what the... Yeah. Speaking of the little brother, the whole time I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think that he looks like a little baby Lin-Manuel Miranda. Do you know who that is? No. Oh, he's the he's the guy who wrote Hamilton and starred mm. as Alexander Hamilton in it. Mm. I don't know if you've watched I the don't Hamilton. don't that at all. I've seen Hamilton. On the... Disney+. Plus. Plus? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he looked just like him, just without his, like, facial hair. Huh.
1: I can kind of see it.
0: Anyway, I looked it up because I was convinced. I was like, 2003, this is exactly what Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing, was being (laughs) little Michael Hobbs. But I looked it up. It's actually Daniel Tay. And I checked his filmography. He's been in pretty much nothing else since Elf. One of
1: those people.
0: Oh, one of my other favorite. it, It wasn't really a scene, but it was, like, just one line it was after buddy has like the snowball fight with like the bullies or whatever. And Michael's like, where have you, or like, where did you say you're from? And then they start to like become friends and get along. And they go like through the department store and they start jumping on the mattresses and just going crazy and having a grand old time. And then I don't remember exactly what happens, but it, I think they get in trouble, but uh, it cuts to Walter at home talking to his wife. And they're like, she's like, Oh he has to stay here or something. And he's like, or whatever. And he's just like upset at all of the shenanigans that the two got into. And the wife's like, oh, they were just having fun. And he's like, oh, so Felonies are fun now? <laughs> that was just oh, like.
2: because oh, he chopped down the Christmas tree.
0: Oh, that's right. Because he went it, in Central it Park cuts. and chopped down the. Because they're like, where did you get a Christmas tree? And he's like, oh, buddy chopped <laughs> it down in the park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. They're that. trying to fit
2: it in their living room.
0: Yeah, and so they're like she was, they were just having fun, and he's like, "Oh, so felonies are fun now?"
1: <laughs> I think so. Just kidding. <laughs> well,
0: you better think twice. Better think once. Better think twice. Better think thrice. Better think four times.
1: I don't think that's Santa how it is. Santa
0: Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, one thing when he, they like take him down to the mailroom and um. Like, his dad had told him, like, oh, it's, like, really fun. They get mail from all over the world. They've got, like, shiny bins to put everything in. And he goes in, he's like... I don't think I'm in the right place. This isn't what my dad told me. And he's like, it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks like they're going to hurt me. And I turned to Sid and I was like, that's honestly how it is at UPS. Like it smells like (laughs) mushrooms and everyone looks like they're going to hurt me. (laughs) Especially like how busy it is and how much like staffing we have now that it's peak season.
1: At least people in my job don't look like they're going to hurt me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the other thing was the, I loved how, they made the Central Park Rangers when they were on the horses and they were chasing Santa Claus. They like straight up made them look like the Nazgul, like the ring rates from Fellowship of the Ring. Have you seen Lord of the Rings, Mitch? Mm-hmm. Like the black riders with the hoods that are like chasing the hobbits. Mm-hmm. Like they like 'cause they were dressed in black and they never really like zoomed in on their faces. Mm-hmm. And they like reared back on their horses and it like Like, shot for shot was, like, almost the exact same because they kept having frames of just, like, the horse's, like, feet right on the ground and, like, Mm -hmm. just black shapes chasing them. I thought that was hilarious. And then (laughs) Buddy's like, who are those guys? And Santa's like, the ranger, like, the Central Park rangers. I put them on the naughty list and they never forgave me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or the one scene where he's walking through the park and they get, like, the Bigfoot shot of him, like, with his, like, hands out, like, exactly, like... All those Bigfoot shots, you know? Oh, like
0: it was blurred. Like he was walking the- through
2: the forest. And- when they're doing the news report.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. That was good.
0: Um, one other thing. I was like trying to listen to the-, the music, the score for the movie. And it was just kind of like like they had some like actual Christmas like songs that they like inserted. And they like sing a couple. But um, other than that, like the score was kind of like forgettable. Except for right at the end when everyone finally starts singing Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Santa's sleigh like goes whoo, like, right over their heads, the soundtrack right there sounds like it's from the Polar Express movie. Yeah. Like, it's almost the same.
1: Okay, here's the thing with Elf, though. You've got the soundtrack, the movie music, and then they've got this separate album that's, like, the Christmas music from Elf. And it's got, like, the Ella Fitzgerald sleigh ride and, like, the Brian Setzer Orchestra medley that, like, Nutcracker medley that they play when he's, like doing all the stuff in gimbals and like a couple of the other songs that play on there. And that is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, it's just a lot of good Christmas music put together. Maybe it's because it's mostly jazz. (laughs) It's probably because it's mostly jazz.
0: (laughs) You know, you're kind of, you both are like the jazziest people I know. You know it.
1: Yeah. That was kind of my thing in high school.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Sid, do you want to tell the listeners what we've been drinking while recording? It looks like beer. It does, it does. look like beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we love getting Martinelli's and like having like drinking Martinelli's while we like watch our movies or like whenever we want to like have a fancy dinner. Like Sydney, like make salmon or something. And I'm in like Smith's and frequently I'll see like a new flavor just like out in their front display. And so the other day I saw peach cider and apple mango cider, which were two that I hadn't tried. So I brought them both home. And so, like, tonight we're drinking apple mango cider. But, like, right before we were recording, like, I have, like, this bottle opener. And every time I do it, like, the bubbles go everywhere. And so, like, I had let it sitting for hours on the table. And I wasn't going to bump it or anything. And I took it right in the sink. And I was just like, it's going to work this time. I I swear. And I, like, used the bottle opener. And I went as hard as I can to, like, just get it off in, like, the first try. So it didn't just, like, come off halfway and let air sip in. And the bottle popped off. And then there's just like steam coming out, no bubbles. And I turn around and I look at Sid, and I was just like, "See, I got it." And then all of a sudden, my hand is like soaking wet, and I look, and it's like overflowing. <laughs> I was like, "How did that happen?" Like, and
1: meanwhile, he's like staring at me, and I'm watching the bottle. And he turns around, and he's like, "See?" And then it just erupts, like over. It was his such hand. a delayed.
0: I don't know how that happened. It was so,
1: <laughs> oh
0: man. But I'll get it. how to open it without exploding sometime.
1: Was pretty good.
0: I I don't think
2: they make them I, so they don't explode. Oh really?
1: I the ones I've opened have always like not exploded. Yeah, she's uh, good
0: at it. I don't know what you do different than me.
1: I really don't either, to be honest.
0: Oh, Mitch, that I I just remembered something. So it, it has to do with spike ball. Uh-huh. Uh, have you been playing spike ball? Uh huh. Or is it getting too cold? You can play indoor. Uh, that's true. And you've been winning tournaments. Are you ranked number one in the nation yet? Not yet. Uh, Getting there. You're still hanging at the number two slot?
2: Yeah, something like that. Okay, I'm going gonna... to... I lose track if it's two or like 37 in Utah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, I get confused sometimes. <laughs> yeah,
0: me too.
1: That is confusing. Numbers are hard. Well,
0: yeah. I, I get this um at, at UPS. I got this package coming down the conveyor belt that I was loading into my truck, and it looks like a spike ball ripoff. Like a slamo. Sl- it's not slamo, mm. but I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh!" This... And then I looked at the name of it, and I cried. I was laughing so hard, and I showed it to the other employees, and they were laughing so hard that they cried. I'm going to send this to you because I think it's hilarious, and I want to see your reaction when you read it. Okay, <laughs> I'll send it to you too, Sid. Okay. Bing
2: bang ball. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Oh my god! Bing bang ball. <laughs> Bing bang ball. <laughs> The net is like hexagons.
0: Yeah. Instead of squares.
1: Oh my word. <laughs> but I just,
0: I, no one would have believed me if I had taken a picture. You just can't make that up. It's called Bing Bang Ball. <laughs> bing Bang Ball.
1: <laughs> oh my word. But
0: how ridiculous. Wow. I just, I thought that you would appreciate that. And I was going to send it to you, but then I wanted to have your reaction on yeah. audio recording. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is absurd. Whoever made that, I hope they go out of business real soon.
0: You are probably what's keeping Spikeball in business, aren't you?
2: Yeah. I got, got some more Christmas Spikeball
0: gear. Oh, really? Um, you were the president of the Spikeball Club in high school, weren't you?
2: I was president of the Spikeball Club, and Mrs. Sobey was
0: the choir director? director was the advisor or whatever was for the club? The, yeah,
2: the club advisor. <laughs> She didn't do anything. Right. She was an advisor you, to make the official club. Right.
0: <laughs> and she just let you put her name on there. Yep. That's so funny. Because we'd
2: play right outside of the
0: choir room. Yeah. Well, Sid, what are your final thoughts on Elf?
1: My final thoughts on Elf? I think it's a comedic masterpiece, honestly. Like, it's just up there. I mean, granted, I love that kind of humor. Like, my favorite movie is probably Hot Rod, which is very similar. I just. It's great. It's a great movie. So
0: you just love Saturday Night Live, like, movies. Like all <laughs> kind of, of like, yeah. Like, don't you love Three, uh, Amigos. Three Amigos with yeah. Chevy Chase and uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short?
1: Yep, that one's good.
0: I haven't seen that one yet, but I want to.
1: Oh, we will watch it.
0: All right. Um, I actually liked it way more than I thought I would. I thought I would go into it, like, annoyed with Will Ferrell or anything. But it was just, it was so funny and charming and, like, I, under, I, st- I understand completely why, like, so many people like it and why it's, like, a tradition for a lot of people where they watch it every year at Christmas time. And it's definitely one that I want to watch again. I might even watch it again this year before Christmas.
1: <laughs>
0: Do it. I've been, I don't know what I've been sleeping on for the past 22 years, but.
1: There's a few things.
0: Okay, I'm getting there.
1: You are, you are getting there. What about you, Mitch? Any final thoughts for us on Elf?
2: Just happy that Josh has finally seen it. (laughs) (laughs) The long awaited day has come (laughs) that he's resisted for all these years. But overall, great show. And we'll continue to be our family's go-to Christmas Eve movie.
0: Yeah, cool. I think it's about time then that we send off the episode and wrap up. you want to pull up the episode format so we can say all the things we need to say? Yeah. Do you have it open?
1: We have one more thing we wanted to mention. Oh yeah, we, we have know, a shout out. Like we got a shout out. We have
0: a so we ha- we set up this uh, Gmail account so that if anyone wants to contact us and they don't have like an Instagram or something, they can email us. And we've been we've gotten a few decent like fan mails. Like do you remember Tristan from our Barbershop Quartet? Mm-hmm. He was our first fan mail. Um, anyway, this last one I'll just read some bits and pieces of it.
1: This one comes from Johnny Johnson. But you can call him Vicky.
0: No, it says, don't call me Vicky. Oh, don't call Johnny Johnson, in parentheses, don't call me Vicky. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: So he says, hey, Josh and Sid, thanks for the podcast. Your discussions are very insightful considering you were both born and raised in Utah. And you seem to have found a way to have good chemistry together for the first three episodes. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. So keep up the good work. <laughs> I think my favorite part is listening to the reverence Josh has when he talks about his father-in-law. He sounds like a wonderful, talented man who has a lot to share with everyone around him. You both are really lucky to have him in your <laughs> lives. Can't, hear, can't wait to hear what you say about him in the next episode.
1: Yeah, so I wonder who Johnny Johnson is.
0: Yeah, it's a mystery.
1: It's a mystery.
0: But anyway, thanks, Johnny Johnson. I, I, I think I have a, a guess. <laughs> is your guess that it's not Vicky? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not Vicky. Just right. don't call him Vicky. It's probably not that Johnny Johnson that you that you don't know. Yeah,
1: it's definitely not the Johnny Johnson on Alcatraz, because he's the one that says you can call him Vicky, so.
2: Oh, uh, right.
1: It's from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Is that who you were thinking
2: of? Not the other one that you don't know? <laughs> it's It actually is the one that I don't know. Oh. Because I don't know Sydney's dad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: There you go. Well, thanks, Johnny Johnson. We'll we'll make sure to put a reminder in so that our listeners don't call you Vicky.
1: Yep. All right. Well, with that being said, it's time to wrap up our episode. You've been listening
0: to Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh. You've been Sydney. I've been Mitch. Yep. That hasn't changed. Maybe it will next time.
1: Maybe.
0: You'll have to tune in to find out. Yep. Anyway, Thanks for Participating is produced and hosted and created and all the other things by Josh and Sydney. Rich.
1: And you can follow us on Instagram and the Twitter.
0: Oh, yeah. Instagram is at tfp underscore pod. Twitter is tfp underscore show.
1: And I would definitely follow Instagram because we're not good at Twitter, but we try.
0: Yep. You can send us an email at participating.podcast at gmail.com.
1: The cover art is by Vayshawn Brandon. You can follow him at graphite.vmb.
0: And our resident friend of the pod, composer, arranger, music genius did our theme music. And his name is Johnny Johnson. Just kidding. (laughs) But
1: you can call him Mitch Fry. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Mitch, uh, where can the people online, or where can our listeners find you on the internet? Instagram at firefry underscore,
2: F-I-R-E, F-R-E-I underscore. Or on YouTube at Mitch
0: Fry Music. Awesome. We We can't recommend checking him out enough. He's so talented. He's super cool. He's really handsome.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there, so check them out.
0: Awesome. Um, and I think with that, we can send it off. What do you want to say to wrap up? We don't have like a like a sign-off yet. No.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, Happy Kwanzaa.
1: Whatever you may celebrate. Yeah.
0: Happy Elf. Happy, Happy Elf. elf. Um, the best
1: way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
0: If you're at a loss, remember the phrase. That says, to thine own elf be true. <laughs> anyway, bye.
1: Okay. I'm muted right now. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, test, 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 test. One, two, three, four, five, six.